said life is easy, but I believe by giving yourself permission, you will find you have more control over your life than you realize. I'm Julie. I hope you will join me by taking responsibility for yourself by only controlling the things you can and letting go of the things that you can't. By doing this, you will have discovered the secret to having happy, healthy, and more fulfilling relationships. mode. I just looked up the main reasons why people get divorced. What did we ever do before Google came along? So here are the top five most common reasons for divorce. Number one, infidelity. Cheating on your spouse not only breaks a vow, it breaks the trust in a relationship. Number two, lack of intimacy. Physical intimacy is important in any romantic relationship, but it is essential to the growth of a long-term relationship. Number three, communication. Problems can arise if couples can't find a way to connect with each other in order to communicate in a healthy way. Number four, money. For richer, for poorer. It sounds good in bows, but it can't scrape the surface of financial problems couples find themselves facing today. Also, issues with power dynamics due to different incomes or one spouse holding control of all the finances. Number five, addiction. Battling addiction can be difficult, and often those struggling can end up hurting those closest to them. Couples can work through addiction, but it requires both parties to want and commit to seeking help. According to the American Psychological Association, 40 to 50% of marriages in the U.S. end in divorce. Marriage can be the most rewarding life experience but also the most challenging. I believe these top five reasons are true. My marriage failed because of my now ex-husband's alcohol addiction. If you have not experienced divorce or know a loved one or a friend who has, consider yourself the minority. I don't have to Google to find out the numbers about how many families have survived divorce to know there are a lot of us. My parents divorced when I was around 10, and I divorced my ex-husband when I was 40. Well, the actual divorce papers were filed in court in 2014, so I was 48. More on that later. 
the main truth I want to tell you is you will survive. Your children will survive. It's not easy. There's so many emotions, financial changes, fearing the unknown, starting over, which includes dating, are very real and daunting challenges. My choices started with a huge decision to move back to northern New York. I say huge because I was still raising my 16-year-old son, Sean, and this decision was life-changing for him as well. For us, we were looking for a new beginning that provided family support. We wanted to start healing the pain that was hurting us that resulted from Joe's alcoholism. I have a very close-knit family in New York. It was very comforting to me to have a closer connection with them again. I miss my mom and my siblings. Emotional support is the key to guiding us in making the best decisions. I'm not saying my family has always agreed with my own choices, but my family has always been there for me. I have two nephews who are around Sean's age. He was able to get closer to them and become friends, not just cousins. I knew it would be a bit of a challenge for Sean to start over in a new high school. He would be a sophomore that fall. Between his friendships with his cousins and new friendships he was forming, Sean settled into a new routine and continued to excel in his grades. I have a memory of our first apartment together. It was the first time for Sean and I to have our own place. I had bought a six-pack of beer and I left it in the refrigerator. A few weeks went by. The beer was untouched. Sean asked, Mom, why aren't you drinking any of that beer? I said, I will when I'm ready to have a beer or two. I told him I wanted him to realize that beer can be in our home and not be consumed in a day. He wasn't used to seeing that. Any beer or alcohol that was kept in our house in Connecticut with his dad was drank in its entirety almost daily. I focused my time that first year after leaving Joe, reflecting on my past. I started a journal. I knew I wanted to put myself out there again, dating and moving forward with a new life, a new direction. I had to subconsciously make a list about what a healthy, happy relationship looks like. This was easier said than done. I was 40 years old. I felt I was ready to date and focus on myself as a single woman. It's different for everyone dating after a divorce. I enjoyed the freedom to make my own personal decisions and living my own life. Friends and family helped me get through the lonely and hard times I was beginning to face. To start with, 
My financial reality was hard. I had to start over. My house in Connecticut went into foreclosure, so there was no money to divide between Joe and I. I had cashed in my 401k the year before to pay off some credit card debt my marriage had accumulated a year before I left Joe. Our daughter Ashley was starting college, and I wanted to eliminate some of our debt. I had no savings. Going from a two-person household income to a one-person household income significantly cut down my earnings. There was no child support for my son. Joe's alcoholism reached rock bottom and he was no longer working. Most of the time, I didn't even know where Joe was living. I was able to find employment. Along with my full-time job, I was cleaning homes and cottages for clients to help supplement my income. I did try working a few different types of jobs. I worked in retail, daycare, and as a front desk clerk. I was seeking a full-time job that I enjoyed and was successful with. I finally settled in with a local pharmacy, only a couple of blocks from my apartment. I chose this job because it was close to my residence. There were times when I didn't own a car, and I would always be able to get to and from work. I had the opportunity to learn a new skill and become a pharmacist technician. Little did I know at this time, making this decision would ultimately put me in direct contact with my destiny. It would take from the summer of 2006 until the summer of 2012 until I found the love of my life. The days, weeks, months, and years between 06 through 12, there were hurdles, bumps, zigs and zags, along with the choices I was making. Most of them were happy and joyous moments. I made some mistakes, but I feel I learned from them. That's life, isn't it? Every day gives us a chance to embrace the new day with an open mind and heart. Of course, some days are harder than others. I am an optimistic person. Even when I've had to face the hardest moments in front of me, I always will try to see the positives. The positives are usually the ones we all take for granted. When you embrace those positives on a daily basis, and especially when the crap hits the fan, you will find some peace. It doesn't matter what my positives are. I know them, and I am grateful for them. You can do the same. Hold on to whatever you are grateful for. It is true gratitude that has helped me navigate through my life's journey. I never did finish the journal I started in the summer of 2006. 
I was busy living in the present. If writing down your feelings and challenges helps you with clarity, then you should do it. If you are looking for a new direction, whether it's a new relationship, job, or hobby, then start making an effort to visualize it and do the necessary work to make it happen. Nothing of value comes from not working hard to achieve it. It's just the truth. I believe we all have self-doubts about what we are capable of accomplishing. The difference in self-doubt and still moving forward or letting self-doubt be the excuse for obtaining your full potential is your choice. When I left Connecticut and my 20-year marriage behind me, I did not have any idea what my future was going to be. What I did know with every fiber of my being was that I was going to embrace all the challenges, good and bad choices I was bound to make, and keep striving towards my own internal happiness. It's not the spouse, significant other, friends, or even family that determine our own happiness. It's you. Find that reason, that purpose, that goal that makes you get excited about. Once you do, you will find a way to make it work in your lifestyle. It doesn't have to be a big reason or a whole page of checklist wants. Take one at a time and let it guide you to become the best version of yourself. It took me almost eight years to file and obtain my divorce. In my situation, it was because of financial reasons and the difficulty in locating where Joe was living. The financial reason was on me. Joe was never going to file for divorce. It wasn't a priority for me to use my finances to end my marriage that when I left in the summer of 2006, I felt my marriage was officially over. I did see a lawyer about what my rights were if my estranged husband did something either criminally or in a civil court that could hold me liable. I was relieved to find out that I would not be responsible for any of Joe's actions since I moved out of our home and relocated to another state. I also filed bankruptcy for myself a couple of years after I left Connecticut to help me clear up unpaid debt that was acquired from our marriage, especially since our home went into foreclosure. It was just this past year, 10 years later, since my bankruptcy has finally cleared on my credit report. I was in a healthy, happy, 
long-term relationship with Woody when I finally decided it was time to officially get a divorce. It was going to be a challenge. My lawyer had to find where Joe was living and have divorce papers served to him. I was living in Georgia and Joe was somewhere in Connecticut. There were phone calls between Joe and I about filing for divorce. It was going to be uncontested. There were no properties, alimony, child support, or anything else that needed to be addressed in front of the court. We were estranged for eight years. The challenge was serving the court papers to Joe. Because of his alcoholism, Joe was unpredictable. I had a small window of opportunity to have him served before he either moved or was homeless. Neither of us had to go to court. The proper paperwork was filed in Georgia because I resided there and there was no need for Joe to make a trip down. I felt a huge sense of release. It was the last task I needed to finish to have closure with my past. Woody came into my life at a perfect time. I wasn't in a serious relationship and I was ready to be in a committed relationship. My son was finishing his last year of college and I was still working in the local pharmacy. It was summertime of 2011. One of my co-workers, Natalie, who was finishing her doctor of pharmacy degree, casually mentioned his name one day at work. She also mentioned my name to him. I was curious. He was living in Georgia, raising his daughter, who was 15 at the time. He's also a native New Yorker that has a summer place near me. Because he lived in Georgia, I really wasn't interested at first. Woody and his daughter were on vacation and staying at their summer place. We actually didn't meet in person until the following June of 2012. I believe in meant-to-be moments. I also believe in fate. Woody and I became friends through social media at the end of summer of 2011. It was a chance for both of us to kind of check each other out. Because neither of us were in a committed relationship, we were just casually dating other people. I knew he would be coming back north the following summer of 2012. We both felt we should meet in person. We decided to meet at a local winery that was hosting a music festival. We had an immediate connection. We continued to see each other for the next three weeks that he was in New York. I met his daughter and he met my son and actually a lot of my family that summer. It was hard for me to say goodbye. He told me we would see each other again. I knew he was a good man. I had to make some more decisions that helped me decide what my future holds for me. 
coming up on my next episode five, Blending My Family Part One. I want to share with you how blending families is hard work. It takes a lot of time and effort. My dad remarried when I was around 11. I remember getting a phone call from him letting us know he just married his girlfriend. He wanted to pick us up for a reception. I remember being upset and hurt that he didn't include us in the ceremony. I chose not to go to the reception. I stayed home. As an adult now, I feel it was a glimpse into the future of how disconnected I felt from my dad. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, Nearest and Dearest Podcast. There you will find episode notes and links. The views and opinions expressed by Nearest and Dearest Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of nearest and dearest podcast. Any content provided by Julie Rogers or any other authors are of their opinion. They are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you.